Motorsports 411 with Sean Cardavillis. Welcome to Motorsport 411. Your home for all your four and two wheeled action in Africa. This is a special series on local and regional motorsport where we'll showcase the latest and the very best of motorsport in the region. Coming up in this episode, we'll be speaking to KCB Voy Rally winner Karun Patel, rally legend Azar Anwar who speaks about grassroots motorsport, and we'll fly to South Africa where we'll speak to the presenter of Race Day TV Colin Hasty, who speaks about the state of the sport in the country. Motorsport 411. So welcome to this episode of Motorsport 411. Now Karan Patel recently won his first ever Kenya National Rally Championship event, the KCB Voy Rally. I asked him how he felt about getting his first ever win. Um, you know, uh, this victory in Voy was, uh, uh, it's, I think it was good for the morale and um, a few stage victories in Tanzania also helped us uh, be able to judge the pace required. Um, it's really now been a learning curve in terms of the Ford Fiesta. Um, of course, there was a lot of gremlins when you got it. Uh, it seems like the crew and also you and Tosif uh, seem to have mastered this car now. Well, yeah, I mean, you could say that. Uh, the crew is definitely uh, working towards perfection. I am working towards perfection. And, you know, the team as a whole, it's a matter of um, more seat time, more time for the crew to work on the car, more time to do recce's. It's just the more time you spend doing it, the better you'll get at it. So, And uh, I think that's the art of rallying and maybe other sports too. But uh, for me, you know, it, it matters most with rallying. So the more seat time you're getting, the more confidence you get. And uh, as a result, you know, the more confidence you have in your crew, in your pace notes, in your car, in your speed, and you're able to drive comfortably, it just helps. So, you know, it, it's, it's coming slowly. It's been nice and gradual, and uh, we hope to keep it that way, not to try and push and uh, overexert the, the limits yet. There has been a lot of frustration. Uh, the big turnaround really was from the Safari Rally. Uh, what, what, what do you attribute the turnaround uh, being? I attribute it to, obviously, number one, support of my dad and my mom, uh, for me to be able to do this. But uh, mainly, it's um, attributed to everything as a whole, as I mentioned before, the pace notes the crew um, and uh, the team as a whole and the driving. You've also been focusing on yourself a lot. Uh, we see you doing a lot of fitness work. Uh, you're watching what you're eating. Uh, just tell us how important that is to you. Fitness is very, very key to being able to perform at consistent levels throughout a given period when it comes to rallying. So physical fitness is important because uh, fatigue, when it comes to you getting tired of turning the wheel, um, automatically your mental awareness and your judgment and everything is really impeded because you're tired now. So uh, taking care of your physical fitness is, is the key to then controlling uh, or harnessing the power of the mind consistently. And you need that mind um, a lot, uh, especially at those speeds, listening to pace notes, uh, having confidence in those pace notes and, you know, going for it. So it's a lot... Uh, for, for a driver to do with his head and then as well with his feet and his arms and the, the whole body. So 
it, it's for me it's, it's the key also to success without it there is a chance yes if you're very very talented but in long 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 stages and over long periods and in heavy and uh, let's say harsh hot conditions that's when it comes into play a lot more uh, there is a lot of talk about uh, R5s now dominating uh, rallying in Kenya. Uh, do you think the days of the R4s now uh, Evo 10s are gone? Um, I wouldn't say they're gone. In all fairness, uh, the R5 is a hard car to compete against, but I think it's the way the country is going uh, with WRC, you know, here for the next five years. I think uh, and I feel a lot of people want to invest if they can in R5s. As uh, you've seen, they're quite successful here with the Skodas, with Manvir, the Polos, uh, the Ford. Um, you know, we haven't seen Hyundai R5s or Citroen ones either. But, you know, we might, we just might. It all depends on, on the, the, the market and how competitive the prices are because right now everyone's looking for the cheapest and the best deal. Uh, so R4 is not dead. should be put in a class of its own maybe. Uh, with the group ends, but uh, then again, they all each each one is better than the other. So you can't put group N in its own class and R4 in its own class and R5 in its own class. Although it may be something to think about. Uh, of course, it was brilliant uh, during the Safari Rally with you getting a top ten finisher. Uh, what did you learn from the Safari Rally? Uh, just looking at these WRC drivers. Looking at WRC drivers, well, I've seen them in in 2016 when I got to do WRC. Uh, uh, with uh, the Drive DMAX Fiesta Trophy program. And um, that's when I started working on my personal fitnesses after those rallies, doing five rallies. I got to see a lot, uh, got to learn a lot from my my competitors in the two-wheel drive cars, but also um, as a whole, you just know the seriousness of the drivers. And it put a lot of thought in my mind and uh, it has molded me into who I am today. Uh, a word about Tej. Uh, of course, uh, we see uh, Onka Rai uh, taking a break from the sport. Uh, Tej, uh, of course, recovering from that bad accident during the safari. Uh, I, I guess those two are sorely missed uh, in rally circles at the moment. Uh, for sure, they are. Definitely, we we are praying for Tej to make a full and speedy recovery. Um, I was uh, actually fined in the rally for not stopping for Tej. Um, as straight after he crashed, I was the next car into the stage. So, um, unfortunately, um, you know, maybe you could say I didn't know the rules too well, but we were to stop. Uh, we had come to the crash site. We put the car almost to a standstill and uh, everyone told us to go. So we, we, we continued on with the stage and thinking that everything was okay and the crew were fine because there was the the okay sign from the car is supposed to be displayed. And if it's not, then I'm supposed to stop. But I, I was, you know, waved on by marshalers and almost everyone there. So anyway, uh, we, we are uh, all deeply sorry for the crash. And like I said, we hope he's uh, going to make a good recovery. Just finally, uh, do you see yourself uh, winning the championship? Uh, are, are you going for the championship? Um, hmm, good question. We're actually also quite well up in the Tanzania National Rally Championship and we have to do two more events if we could uh, if we could to to win that championship if everything goes well uh we can also try and compete in the KNRC uh, we would like to think we're going to compete in the Africa Rally Championship so there's a lot of championships where I have to um let's say juggle with and see which one we're going to do um 100% 
That's KCB Voy Rally winner Karim Patel. We'll be back in a moment. Motorsport 411 with Sean Cartavillas. So welcome back. Now, 2006 Safari Rally winner and former national champion Azar Anwar has been keeping himself busy promoting grassroots motorsport. I asked him to give us more details about this latest project, Azar Anwar Motorsport. Azar Anwar Motorsport initially was my rally team. So I've been rallying for 40 years or so. In the old days, we were always building our own cars with the help of friends and so on. It was uh, not a professional sort of thing the way it is now. Um, and uh, there was a lot of enthusiasm. But uh, as people uh, joined us and left, they were learning from us. And I was always interested in uh, in passing on the knowledge I had. I was very keen on learning more about rallying, more about the sport, more about building cars, technical things. And uh, uh, I shared from the beginning with, uh, with others what uh, I knew. And uh, it became uh, almost like, uh, like a training center. Many people started off with us and went on to become either competitors or service crews or navigators or just uh, team members. And uh, it's grown and grown from there. Uh, eventually, we started uh, actually even organizing uh, specifically training rallies and uh, training uh, events uh, with with the help of uh, partners we managed to get. So that's where uh, the AAM or Azanwa Motorsport history comes from. Now, as a, as a former Safari Rally winner, uh, you're very, very focused on grassroots uh, motorsport, uh, rallying in particular. Uh, what, what do you think about the state of rallying at the moment? Oh, it's um, First of all, it's just fantastic. Uh, we, we've just had a WRC event, the only one in Africa, and uh, it, it went quite well. It was very popular, not only with, the, with uh, Kenyans, but also internationally. Um, I hear quite a lot of people followed uh, the event on uh, YouTube and on uh, WRC Plus on uh, TV. So it's uh, it's put uh, Kenya back on the map, so to speak, world map uh, as as a tourist destination, as a place where the people are friendly, and uh, as a fantastic uh, uh, rally uh, venue. Um, but uh, one must note that this is WRC, which is a very big money uh, business in terms of uh, the cars. Uh, each car costs in the region of I think a million pounds or something like that, which is uh, 100, 250 million shillings. That's only the cost of the car. Then you have all the spare parts, the service cars, the recce cars, the crews, and, uh, you know, a huge, huge, huge logistic. So um, what this does is it takes uh, this focus away from what supports everything, um, which is uh, grassroots motorsport. All over the world, motorsport depends on individuals. This is people who are enthusiasts, people who uh, are keen to just have fun with uh, with their motor vehicles, who want to tinker with them, who want to modify them, and uh, that is what grassroots means. It is mean, means an individual that is interested and is looking to to do any kind of motorsport. It's not only rallying. Um, and uh, there are uh, many, many people in Kenya, I would say thousands, who are... Uh, sort of keen on this who want to get involved and uh, participate but uh, uh, 
why I'm keen is that it doesn't exist. You know, the possibility for people to just start at grassroots and uh, grow in rallying. It's uh, something that we really need to look at as uh, as a nation now that we have the WRC to support, uh, the, which is the pyramid. At the top of the pyramid uh, is the WRC. And then below that are uh, like the top privateers and then the middle level privateers. And right at the base should be a very big base to make the triangle bigger and to make our, our peak higher is uh, grassroots, which means like literally hundreds and hundreds of uh, uh, people who are doing, uh, you know, kind of club events, private events and uh, developing their cars, doing local modifications. So it's, it's like then an industry also that will support the growth of the sport. Uh, that's my my passion. Now, you had an event over the weekend. Uh, just tell us about it. And also, how concerned are you? Uh, we used to have a lot of clubman events before. Uh, there don't seem to be any at the moment. Uh, how concerned are you about that? Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I'm trying to do my best to make a difference here to make uh, grassroots grow, to make a local motorsport industry grow, and to give an opportunity to enthusiasts. And there are literally hundreds of people who contact me uh, that they are keen to get into the sport. And uh, um, But uh, it's, it's a huge step for them to understand what requires what are the requirements of and what sort of vehicles can you use, what uh, way can you practice and so on. So um, the the weekend event was exactly geared up towards that and we have done many in the past. Uh, the, the idea is to connect the enthusiast to the very basics of motorsport and more than anything else to alert them to the risks and to make them safer drivers. The uh, you we we keep hearing of people who are racing on the streets at night and so on. Some are having accidents uh, seriously, uh, some dying, even um, getting injured. The this is because there isn't an opportunity for them actually to race, so they will race at uh, in in uh, a situation that is unsafe. And uh, we really really need uh, events on uh, rallying side to. Uh, that's offered the sort of event we did, which is like on a dirt circuit, uh, quite a challenging uh, course, up and down, twisty, and so on. And uh, the people who came and participated, they really enjoyed themselves. And uh, all of them, uh, well, not all of them, some some were already people who know uh, motorsport. Uh, the, the newcomers all really learned a lot because we always start off with a safety briefing. To, to, and uh, even before the event, we actually have a session where the newcomers must bring the car that they want to use to practice with. Uh, they must bring it to us and we check it uh, mechanically to make sure that it is safe, the seat belts are okay, the brakes are working, the suspensions and ball joints and all that is in good condition. And uh, therefore, the vehicle can be driven uh, more quickly than normal in a controlled environment. So controlled means... Uh, you know, this was on a farm. The, we could totally uh, close off the, the route from any other uh, traffic. Uh, and uh, so the, the people driving on it could uh, commit themselves to the corners and the road and uh, get a feeling of what it is like to, to rally. 
and uh, we feel that uh, we need a lot more of these all over the country so that uh, you know the base of the sport the grassroots it grows and from that growth will come also local industry because uh, people will want uh, to prepare their vehicles here locally there will be need for engineers for mechanics there'll be need for parts and uh, because of cost people will start finding ways to uh, to see what parts can be made here rather than just buying from overseas and bringing in so that's uh, what is a bit weak uh, for for us in Kenya uh, we have a good uh, peak which is the wrc safari and uh, what we need to concentrate on now i feel going forward is uh, to build a bigger grassroots and uh, take it nationwide now someone who was at your event and uh, that was a huge boost to the event was the voy rally winner uh, karan patel uh, how much of a boost was that oh it was it was just amazing to hear that they they're coming it's actually karan's uh, younger brother who contacted me um, saying that uh, he wants to come with uh, karan's rally car which is a subaru which is quite nice it's um, he wanted uh, some seat time so like to drive and practice and uh, so I, i asked him can uh, can karan karan come and he says yes i asked him if he can come and coach the, the younger brother so uh, we, we were we were all as organizers we were really chuffed and uh, it was really great having not only karan even his dad came his uh, chief uh, engineer who's actually one of my proteges back in 1996 he went with me to south africa with the devu team uh, for the castrol rally and uh, now he manages uh, to he builds and looks after uh, karan's uh, fiesta and he has been even to amsport england for training so they all came over and uh, it uh, it, was, it was really great that's 2006 safari rally winner and former national champion azar anwar we'll be back and two-wheeled action motorsport 411 welcome back now a new feature is finding out about motorsport across the continent let's fly to south africa and speak to race day tv presenter colin hasty and he tells us about the state of rallying in the country well sean first of all i got to say thank you so much for inviting me it's absolutely magnificent and uh coming from Johannesburg it is a lovely sunny afternoon and it's it's just been fantastic your question rallying yes i mean back in the day um you know when we had sort of 20 22 a5 cars with four or five uh, manufacturers everybody remembers that has been absolutely fantastic i think that's gone forever um and we probably in a, a bit of a rebuilding stage at the moment where we down to 3 or 4 S2000s we've got uh, the rally 2 kit car we've got two of them running here um financially it is there's no factory involvement you've got a lot of large um a, a number of wealthy people who are supporting teams there's the sponsorship levels are growing and i think you know you've just come out of having the world rally championship in kenya and congrats to you guys you lucky people to have seen those cars 
and we've got around the African cha- national uh, or the African Championship at the end of November. So I think that's also uh, led to a level of excitement and another level of of anticipation of rallying being getting getting better. Uh, we see a lot of of historic cars and a lot of privateers are are dusting off cars that from back in the day when things were really really competitive with the factory cars they they went in and hid because they didn't really have a chance of, of winning and now they're coming back and and rallying again which uh, that's great to see uh, you know from a, a rally point of view I, I remember in 1972 my brother um, organized the total rally and Sandra Minari came out here with the Lancia Stratos, uh, run by Jean Todd, actually. Um, and, you know, that was my introduction to rallying. And it's never left me. And dust, fast cars, excitement, it is just so nice. Colin, uh, the categories have changed a lot. Uh, you can see now there's the R5 category. Uh, and now, of course, uh, the FIA has changed it now again. We've got Rally 1, Rally 2, etc., etc. Uh, how much of a factor do you think uh, that has played uh, in terms of the cost implications uh, in your country? Well, I think we, we know that when the FIA gets involved in anything, they, they up the specifications, which kind of means that the cost of the cars go through the roof. Um, you know, running to a full FIA spec car. So using their new nomenclature or the new naming terms, the, the Rally 2 kit car, which was what we kind of knew as the, the old R4 cars, um, those, you know, we could probably save. And what term, what currency shall we use? If we use dollars or euros, I think, um, you know, you could probably save somewhere between... 50 to 60,000 euros by running a slightly lesser spec uh, Africa appropriate kind of car. And so to answer your question about has it had an impact without a doubt, um, you know, we see the, the new rally three car that um, Malcolm Wilson has done is a great little car, but again, it's still, still kind of expensive from a, um, from a South African point of view. And a lot of people here are saying, why do we need to go to that level of homologation? Uh, they're looking for slightly looser, freer rules to have something that's a little bit more, more affordable and more buildable by the man in the street. Now, your champion, uh, Guy Botterill, he's in an R4 car and... Uh he, he, he told us that uh, they're working on precisely what you're saying, uh, a, a special build kind of car in South Africa, and he's got uh, very good backing from uh, Toyota Gazoo Racing. Uh, how much do you know about it? I've had lengthy discussions both with Guy and with the, the, the rally organizers, and I think that the, exactly what he's saying now, the, an African homologated version of the R4. So take out some of the the very expensive foam, um, the super high end seats, and uh, give it somewhat more of a a looser rest, um, uh, restrictions on the engine, and it brings the costs down and the spectacle up. And I think it's absolutely the right way to go. I, I really think it's a, it's a great little car, a daunting project, I think, for them. You know, it'll be the first ground up um, high spec car that they've 
they built um, from a design point of view. You know, the, the two-wheel drive cars that they've built up until now have been relatively simple to do. And you know that R4 car. It's quite a, quite a serious bit of kit. A lovely car, though. Colin, uh, I just love South African motorsport because you have such a variety uh, going on every weekend. Uh, so this past weekend, uh, you had uh, the Touring Car Championship. Uh, can you tell us more about that? Well, it was um, a round of the um, sort of just one off the top rung. If I just if I had to put uh, into perspective, our top saloon car category is the GTC, which is um, for two-liter turbo space frame cars that look like look very much like pretty much modeled on the Australian Touring Car Championship, but with uh, B segment cars, uh, Ford Focus, Toyota Corolla. Um, Audi A4 with two-liter turbo engines, and that race is coming up uh, next weekend. Side by side between the two of them, a little bit of dust coming off that car, and the Dunlop tyres not loving life out there with his low grip, and he loses a little bit of ground, and here comes Temple. So last weekend was GNH Transport, uh, the supercar series, which are kind of run to loose GT3 spec. Um, Really great race at the front. Ben Morgan Rudy, you'll remember, oh, old guy, he's 70-something, has built a Lexus with a, a proper V8 in it. It goes like hell. Charlotte Ranges was in a GD3 um, Lamborghini, and uh, Mikhail Patamba was in a Ferrari 458, and it was a magnificent race. After the three heats, there was less than a second um, in it for the overall so it was, a, it was a lovely day racing. You know, the, the, there's nothing like a, a really a high-spec screaming racing car on a track to, to get things going. Lovely stuff. A lot of this is tied uh, to the manufacturers. Uh, South Africa, of course, uh, highly developed. Uh, it's almost first world in terms of uh, the manufacturers being based. Uh, you've got supercars for sale in South Africa. A lot of stuff that we don't get here. Um, how much of that is tied uh, to your touring car championship and, of course, uh, some of the other championships that you have? And how healthy is it at the moment? I think there's a disconnect between the, the manufacturers to a large degree and motor racing. They, uh, apart from probably or you've got gazoo and you've got ford um in the south african the cross-country series the like the dakar buckies they are are involved there but um the team the cars are, are running and made by by private teams funded by the manufacturers on the track racing side of it there's a bit of a disconnect between the importers of the cars and the races the races are, are essentially wealthy individuals who've imported their own cars uh, and who are running it with some knowledge going back into the factory teams in Europe. So while we've got, I mean, we've got all the manufacturers here with state-of-the-art plants, um, Toyota, BMW, Nissan, Ford, all exporting cars from South Africa to rest of Africa and, and probably wider into the world. Um, that sort of carries on on its own and then the racing carries on on its own. It's quite, uh, it's an interesting relationship that, that exists. You're in Joburg. Uh, Kailami was uh, redeveloped uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, how is it at the moment uh, in terms of uh, the racing on the track? Uh, is there a lot of racing happening on the track? Uh, and how is the track itself uh, compared to the old track? Well, let's, uh, let's go to your last question first. It is completely different. It is 
truly a track that can stand amongst the the finest tracks in the world. And when we have the um, the, the International Continental GD Championship here, the the nine hour, every driver, every team had nothing but praise for the track. So it's a magnificent facility. So that's the first part of it. Secondly, when Toby Fenter bought the the, the facility, he's the guy who um, heads up Porsche South Africa. Um, as a business venture and uh, motor racing and, and indeed smaller national level or even club level races don't generate the amount of funding that is needed to keep that track running. So there's not a lot of, we probably have two na- um, championship races there in a year, um, but a lot of supercar organizers and in, and in fact super bike or, uh, races get together and they have track days there where you have sort of 200 bikes because um, the, the cost of rental of the track for a day is is quite substantial. Um, so it's there's not a lot of racing there, but when the, the again, the, the um, Intercontinental GD Championship SRO event, uh, world final round will be here at the mid-December. Um, it's absolutely, it can stand on its proudly in amongst the, the best tracks in the world. Lots of character, lots of, it's a very, very technical track to um, to race, to get quick on it. I've, I've driven some pretty fast cars on it and you get rewarded for being neat, tidy, aggressive and gentle. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's got, uh, it's, it's a brilliant track. Absolutely brilliant. Lots of character. That's Race Day TV presenter Colin Hasty speaking from South Africa. We'll be back in a moment. Motorsport 411 with Sean Cartavillas. Cartavillas. So that's Motorsport 411 for this week. Our thanks once again to Karim Patel, Azar Anwar and Colin Hasty from South Africa. Don't forget to follow Race Day TV on YouTube. Our thanks to Big City Studios. I'm Sean Carter-Villis. 